Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to episode six of Good Time Sports. This week, it is just Andrew Maloney and Colin Brown. Brendan is out for the week, but he will be back next week. Thank you for guys. Thank you, you guys, for being patient with us over the last week, giving us a week off. Me and Colin were feeling under the weather, but we are back. We are better than ever, and we have a lot of sports to catch up on over the last two weeks. I mean, to start off with, Max Verstappen wins the Formula One uh, World Drivers Championship. They can't win the uh, Constructors Championship until Austin at the earliest, but Max Verstappen, two-time world champion in Formula One. Absolutely insane season that he's been having. Tua, uh, out with a concussion, obviously. If you watched any sort of the last uh, three Dolphins games, you would know that he should not have been playing in week uh, the last week's game. Uh, he shouldn't have even come in the week before that. Uh, but Tua, yeah, definitely wishing him the best, uh, hoping that he's okay. Uh, Draymond Green uh, having a little rough up with a teammate and absolutely sucker punching Jordan Poole in the face during practice uh, a few days ago. Jason Robertson, the young budding star for the Dallas Stars, re-signs with the Stars on a, what is it, three-year? Three-year deal. Three-year deal. So Jason Robertson, three years with the Stars. Hopefully he stays much longer than that. He is an absolute stud on the ice. And finally, we have Aaron Judge finally hits 62. We're a little late to the news, uh, but it didn't happen until this week anyway. So it's it against the Rangers. Um in the final, what, two games of the Yankee season? It was literally the penultimate game of yeah, the season. Yeah, the penultimate game of the season. So, Judge gets 62. Uh, I still don't think anybody cares other than Yankees fans. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I had to go through another weekend of college football being interrupted. But I'm over it now. The MLB season is over. Judge can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> he, only in my nightmares can he which I have every single night. Um, I need to go see like a sports therapist, I think, because of this. But if you could refer me to one, that sounds like an amazing experience. <laughs> like, I mean, I know that's every, supposed to be like good every, for your health, but I genuinely would like to see the profession of a sports therapist. <laughs> every time I close my eyes, I hear the crack of the baseball <laughs> and I hear judge goes for 62. <laughs> every time I close my eyes, I think of that 15 minute segment from <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> And laugh. You're having a great dream. Then. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's perfect. But I, by the way, Andrew is going to be doing most of the talking today. I know I didn't get a lot there, but I my voice is still recovering. So if you uh, if you like hearing Andrew's voice, you're really going to like this episode. Yeah, it's a solo episode for me. No, <laughs> um, no Colin will be all right. He's got a little cough, so you know just disregard those. And uh, if you if it really does bother you, just make sure you let him know on Twitter very loudly. Very. Um, so. That being said, Judge hit 62, penultimate game of the season. He doesn't play the rest of the game after the home run, and he doesn't play the next game. And the Yankees are in the playoffs along with a few other teams. Cullen, who do we have in the MLB playoffs this season? 
Yeah, so the MLB playoffs has started. It is October, so you already know what that means. It's October baseball time. We had started off with the wild card round, and we already know three of the four teams that have advanced onto the AL and NL, NLDS. Excuse me. Um, the Padres and New York Mets are currently playing while we record this, so we won't know the winner of that. Um, matchup and who's going to be playing the Dodgers. So forgive us for that. But in the other wildcard matchups, it was actually two, uh, three, two Oh sweeps with the Philadelphia Phillies knocking off the St. Louis Cardinals in a, you know, shocking upset. If I'm being honest with you, I thought the Cardinals were one of the better teams in baseball this year, but the Phillies I absolutely believe that too. The Phillies were one of the best offenses all year round and they showed it, um, this wildcard round and St. Louis is going home. Uh, and they will be taking on the Atlanta Braves in the NLDS, the Tampa Bay, Rays, excuse me, uh, fell short to the Cleveland Guardians. The Cleveland Guardians, who did win the AL Central, will be taking on those aforementioned New York Yankees in the ALDS. And oh, it brings me great joy for this one. Seattle Mariners. The Tampa, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays advance. <laughs> I, said, I messed it up by saying Tampa. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Have your moment. You deserve it. Seattle Mariners. It was only the longest playoff drought in like all of professional sports. So. Yep. Out of the four major leagues, no one had had a longer playoff drought than the Seattle Mariners. I just want to just I don't know if you're aware of this, Andrew. So the last time the Mariners probably made, not last time the Mariners made the playoffs, Ichiro, the famous outfielder, yeah. was a rookie. That's nuts. Uh, Julio Rodriguez was eight months old. Um, the iPhone, the thing you're currently holding in your hand, had not been invented yet. Um, what else? Tom Brady was not a starter on the New England Patriots <laughs> at that point. Uh, I'm trying to remember all. The he was on the team, right? He was on the team, yeah. but he had he was not yet a he starter. He was still waiting for Drew Bledsoe to <laughs> right face his demise. And throughout all of that, I mean, there's many more. I went on like a full rampage the other day when That's they nice. actually clinched, but they made the playoffs and they weren't just satisfied with making it. They swept the Toronto Blue Jays, coming back down from. It was an un- I think it was like seven, eight runs yesterday to knock off the Toronto Blue Jays two to nothing. The and comeback was absolutely nuts. Yeah. I mean, clutch hitting by, you know, Adam Frazier, Cal Raleigh, JP Crawford, and the whole crew made it possible. And now the Seattle Mariners will be traveling to Houston to take on the Astros and the ALDS, the interdivision rival. So play- playoff baseball is really underway, and we're now about to be into well, what some people would call the Elite Eight of the baseball season. So we're really going to get ramped up here. It's unfortunate that Brendan's not in the show today because I know he'd be really wanting to get into this topic. But baseball is back, or baseball playoffs postseason is back, and it's fully alive and well. I mean, I think I think baseball playoffs are fun just because the fans, kind of like me, right? I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm a fair weather fan when it comes to baseball. I really only care when the Rangers are doing all right. Um but I always, always, always love watching the MLB playoffs. It's something about playoff baseball that's so electric, so much fun. It's always it. It can really go any way. A lot of the a lot of the time. I mean, look, we saw it with uh, Philadelphia and St. Louis already in the first round. But and I mean, even with the Padres blowing out the Mets in Game One of the wild card match. So. Um, uh, MLB playoffs are electric and fun, so I, I'm really excited now that we're going to have the divisional series games coming up. Um, I think it'll be really good that um, you know we get. It's going to be some pretty solid matchups. Yeah, I, I mean the Astros and Mariners is going to be <sighs> insane. Me and Brendan's teams going at it. Yeah, well, one of Brendan's teams. Yeah, one of them. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like. 
if I wasn't so broke right now, I'd be like, hey, listen, I could ask off Saturday if you want to go down to Houston and maybe <laughs> catch a game or something. But he's got his stuff going on, and, well, I'm a broke college kid, so I'll have to wait maybe another 21 years before I can go see a Seattle Mariners <laughs> playoff game. Um, quick trivia, by the way. just in, I'll, be, I'll be really proud if you know this. Now that the Mariners' playoff streak's been broken, do you know the team out of the four major leagues that now has the current longest playoff drought off the top of your head? Is it the Lions? No, no, because yeah, the Lions made it not too long. That's ago. right, that's right. But they lost. So they haven't. They don't haven't had a playoff points. win in a long time. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. Ooh, uh, is it the Jets? No. So I, I'll give you a hint. You're in the wrong sport. Wrong sport. Jeez, Magic. Yeah, right sport, wrong team. Dang it. Um. Dang. Magic actually made it like a couple of years ago. You're right. As like an eight. Yo, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Dang it. Um, right sport, right sport, wrong team. Mm-hmm. Who am I? I'm just com- probably. Oh no, you're you're definitely. I want to hate myself. Like you're, you're definitely blanking on this team. Is it the Knicks? No, nope. no, they went last year. I'll, I'll give you another. Hint. Wrong conference. Okay, so in the West, New Orleans. Nope. Um, New Orleans, I think, made the playoffs not fairly too long. They got swept with Anthony Davis there. Mm, mm-hmm. Dude, I'm going to really hate myself. Think of I... really badly run organizations. Sacramento. There it yeah. is. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think Sacramento <laughs> off the jump. Yeah, I'm, I hate myself. That it took, I hate that it took this long. 16 years, by the way, to answer your question. That's crazy. How long was it for the Mariners? 21. <sighs> yeah. So, who knows? <laughs> I mean, I mean, Seattle needs a basketball team. The Cowboys team, doesn't so. point me in the playoffs <laughs> every year. Um, But, yeah, so that is going to conclude our talk on the MLB postseason. Uh, we'll be back with much more in-depth talk yeah. next week, especially with Brendan here and with the divisional series really kicking off on uh, yes. in both conferences. So it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm going to really try to get into it and watch some of these games. Um, so... <sighs> Okay, I mean, come on. We love playoff baseball, but we all know what the fall's for. Well, we all know what you're here for. It's It's been cooling <laughs> off outside. Every single day feels a little bit more like fall. And let me tell you guys, college football is in full, full, full swing. Um, a lot of great matchups around the country. Um, oddly enough... <laughs> One of the biggest games every single year wasn't even a ranked matchup, which is the Red River Red River rivalry. That's a tongue twister. Um, if there was ever a day that Brendan could miss a podcast, it would definitely be this one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> everyone knows Brendan's an OU fan, and I think we all know that OU fans probably aren't the happiest right now. What do you have to say about that game? Well, they scored as many points as me, you, and Brendan combined would in a college football game, so... There's that. So, I mean, win for good time sports. <laughs> Let them know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Massive win for good time sports, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, look. So, I was watching this game. Obviously, I mean, you you had more of a, a watching this than I did. Uh, I was kind of in and out because obviously working and stuff. This game, I mean, you blinked. And it just seemed like Texas was scoring again. And OU stalled yep. another drive. And then Texas would score again. Quinn Ewers adds something to this offense for Texas that they just don't have with Hudson Card or any other quarterback on the roster. I believe he 
is proving his worth, his talent, uh, his recruiting rank coming out of high school. And overall, Oklahoma, yes, they're underperforming this year, and that comes down to not only coaching, but I think the players just they just don't seem like they're fully engaged as much as they're used to. I mean, obviously with Lincoln Riley, you're you're not going to go from him to, excuse me, Brent Venables and have that same explosive offense, but they just don't seem like they're just that same Oklahoma. But that's the thing. It's like Brent Venables is known for having some of the best defenses right. at, at Clemson. Like it's, and those Clemson defenses were cold. Right. Like those were top tier defensive teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, the national championship team was one of the best defensive teams of all time. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is like, what what changed? Like, is it the fact that offense is different in the Big 12? Which, I mean, we all know that the Big 12 historically is an offensive league. So maybe he just came to the Big 12 and he was just not prepared for what kind of offense we ran in this league or what. But he just his defense looks completely lost because it's two weeks in a row now that they're getting blown out by Big 12 opponents. I mean, yeah. TCU embarrassed them last week in Fort Worth. Yeah. So, I don't know. And I look, I, <laughs> I'm not doubting Quinn Ewers because that kid is that kid can sling the ball, and he is one hell of a quarterback. I just want to see. Okay, well, Quinn, you're in here. Was it because this OU defense is just still shook up from what happened to TCU last week and just hasn't regrouped, or is Texas legit? when Quinn Ewers is under center. Well, will you at least go this far? Cause I know you're Texas tech. Will you at least go to the far that they are significant? I'll, I'll say noticeably different with Quinn Ewers at quarterback. I think something. so. I, because you become two dimensional, right? Exactly. You, you become two dimensional with mm-hmm. Quinn Ewers because if, if you're preparing for a QB who can sling the ball, which Hudson card, Hudson card could sling the ball deep. He could throw the ball short, but it's his mid game that right. was terrible. So that really limited what Texas could do on offense because you can't throw it deep every play and you also can't throw it short every play. Yeah. And so, so and you, I mean, yeah, because you have Bijan Robinson. I'm just adding to your point. Bijan Robinson, that rushing attack. Yeah. I mean, the defense has to respect it. So when you hit the play action exactly. on those medium crosses route or a dig route or anything, Hudson couldn't hit those consistently. And they're not, so they're not worried. And so they're shutting down Bijan Robinson. So it really, really took away almost everything from the Texas offense when Hudson Card was under center. So with Quinn Ewers back there, you, I mean, at this, because I mean, look, look at the performance Bijan Robinson had yesterday. Yeah. It completely opened up. The, The linebackers were dropping back more. They weren't really too focused on filling in the gaps on the, like on the defensive line anymore because they were too worried about, Quinn Ewers filling in the middle of the field. Yeah. So, which Quinn could, I, there's, I'm not trying to hype this kid up too much, but he made a couple throws yesterday, or excuse me, Saturday, in what, yesterday. Yeah. Um, in which he, I, there's some, there's a lot of quarterbacks that can make throws, like obviously Caleb Williams at right, USC, obviously, yeah. uh, Bryce Young when he's healthy at Alabama. Yeah. He's in that upper echelon yeah. of, you know, throws that Look, he's able to make versus he, everybody he else. He was rated what he was rated out of high school for a reason. Right. I don't think anyone, and he was a highly touted quarterback out of the transfer portal this last season for a reason. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback because he's not. He's right. a great, I mean, I we were fighting for him. It was up, down to us in Texas mm-hmm. to land him. So at the end of the day, I mean, obviously I'm jealous that Texas has him, but dude, 
this Texas team, I feel like, has a couple other issues that they need to fix. I mean, holding OU to zero points, that's pretty solid. Yeah. I mean... That's big time. It's huge. So if your defense performs like that, but that's the thing. They've had really good defensive performances this season, like Alabama. They held one of the best teams in the, or the best team in the country to some, to, what was it, 19 points or 20 points? Like, and then you go and, you know, you struggle to beat a UTSA team. Mm -hmm. And then you struggle and you lose to Texas Tech. And... And then you go and you shut out Oklahoma. Right. Obviously, the West Virginia game was in there, but, I mean, no one's really looking at the West Virginia game because West Virginia is definitely going to finish last in the Big 12 this year. Which, they're not ranked last right now. That would be the Oklahoma Sooners. It would be the Oklahoma Sooners, yeah. So put some respect on the Mountaineers. Man. You're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. Uh, I don't know. So, it'll it'll be interesting to see. Here's the thing, though. It's... Is it Brett Venables preparing for the SEC more than the Big 12 because he knows this is the last year? Do his players know that, you know, is he really focused on what's to come? Uh, because obviously they're supposed to play one more season, but everyone knows that they're probably going to buy out. But, or, and is it Texas focusing on the big 12 this year and then going to switch over to SEC ball? But So one thing that I, I don't think, I'm not saying you, I'm saying the right. college football fans as a whole, I don't think it's taking into consideration with Brent Venables is the fact that when Lincoln Riley left, he took not just Caleb Williams, but oh, he no. took also, I want to say it was like six to eight significant starters yeah. with him. Oh, no. USC. Every single player was transferring out of OU. Right. And then Brent, you know, brought some guys to Clemson or, you know, got some guys in the transfer portal, but wasn't nearly what Oklahoma had lost. Right. And then obviously right. recruiting wise, like you can get some recruits, yeah, and you're going to get them because you're Oklahoma, but at the same time, those are freshmen and yeah. all this other stuff. Absolutely. So, These guys are young. I don't think Brent Venables inherited what many people believe is not a true Oklahoma I, roster that we've come to know. I uh, No, I agree, but they also shouldn't be 0-3 no. in the Big 12. No, they should not. And to be honest, putting up zero points, and I'm not excusing them for that against Texas, um, obviously that thrashing that we saw against TCU, that's yeah. inexcusable. But I just want to you know, preference this that the golden rule, and I've said this on the podcast before, you give a coach three years to really make sure yeah. he leaves his imprint in there. I, and I he agree. could be and he could be very well doing what you're saying. It's just like, hey, we're focusing on the SEC. We got to build this program. We got to tear it down from the studs and build it back up the way I want it to. And again, could that work? Sure. But it's just I mean, not it paying so, off. It, sounds, right it sounds ridiculous because it, it's, uh, it sounds kind of like a conspiracy, but it's like it could very well be true. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're headed to the best conference in college football next year. Right now, the least of your worries is winning the Big 12. Next year, you want to be fighting for an SEC championship. Right. So, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be an interesting rest of the season. I Obviously, I believe OU will win a couple. If if they remain the way they are, they'll win a couple either way. Mm -hmm. um, I don't expect them to finish last. No. I would absolutely, I, I also wouldn't even... I wouldn't be surprised if they just start running the table at some point. Like it could very well just flip a switch. Like it's right. it takes a lot of time for these guys to gel. Conference play is very different from non-conference play. I mean, we've seen flashes of greatness, and you also got to remember they don't have Dylan Gabriel no. right now. No, so that was a huge loss for them. Massive loss for them. So we'll see how that turns out. But there were a bunch of other football games that were ranked matchups around the country. One of them, uh, the College Game Day site in Lawrence, Kansas, TCU at Kansas. That was a classic Big 12 shootout. Yeah, it was. There uh, was a couple classic Big 12 shootouts this week, and it was very beautiful. 
I got to say this. Max Duggan, the quarterback for uh, TCU, he's really showing me something this year. Oh, yeah. Like, he... Absolutely. That senior... He's like, a fifth year, isn't he? I believe I think he I, is. Don't quote, you, don't quote me on that, but I yeah. believe you're right. I think he is. Um, You know, 23 or 33, over 300 yards, three touchdowns. He just seems, like, so comfortable yep. in his element. He's finally, yep. you know, gotten his legs underneath him. That TCU offense, obviously, we talked about what they did last week, this week, going up against a very formidable Kansas squad. Which is something we never thought we'd be saying, but <laughs> we are, and that's that's the reality. Oklahoma was in last place, and Kansas is good in football. Kansas losing this game, I don't think they're a bad team because no. they lost. I don't think so either. I'm, I'm glad. So the rankings came out, <coughs> and they're still ranked yes. after this week. So I'm really glad to see that, man. But TCU, TCU looks legit. Five and zero mm-hmm. on the year, three and zero in the Big Twelve. It is, or two and zero in the Big Twelve, I believe. Either way, they look. Awesome. Uh, they're three zero. They're three zero. Or yeah, two and zero. Sorry, I was looking at yeah, Kansas State. Yeah, Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, you're good. Uh, yeah, I mean two and zero in the Big Twelve, and you know you're beating ranked opponents on the road. That's huge. Yeah. No, uh, I, I think they might be the best team in the Big Twelve. I still think it's Kansas State. I don't know, man. I it's and, and honestly, man. Mm-hmm. I think it can be. I, I it's probably the best team by committee. Committee with TCU. Kansas State and Oklahoma State. Yeah, Oklahoma State does deserve a shout. I mean, yeah, Spencer Sanders and what he's doing. I, I know mean, he didn't have the greatest game this past weekend, but... Dude, he still threw for like 360 yards. I know, he just wasn't as efficient as he normally is. I mean, no, he wasn't, he wasn't. And, I mean, but hold on, wrapping up on this yeah, TCU-Kansas <laughs> game. <laughs> no, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, the Big 12 as a whole... <coughs> I think the Big 12 is the most wide-open conference this year, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Because USC yeah. has the Pac-12... And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah they do. The ACC is very top heavy. You have Wake Forest, you have NC State, you have Clemson. And then yeah. the SEC is the SEC. It's going to come down to Georgia Bama. So, pretty much, yeah. I mean, but hey, we'll get, to, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But yeah, TCU and Kansas. I mean, the fact that I think any team in the Big 12 can go to any game in the Big 12 and win that game. Like, I fully believe that. Like it's so good for except the, for West Virginia, <laughs> it's so good. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm going to be coughing like that a lot. I apologize. It's going to be like that a lot this season, and I'm so happy because for the last I don't know how many years, Texas and Oklahoma, it's usually been and more or less Oklahoma um, has run away with the dominance of this conference. Last year, obviously, we had the championship between Oklahoma State and Baylor. I was about to say, we're also kind of disrespecting Baylor here a bit. Yeah. Baylor is a solid football program. They are. And, um, you know, it, especially, too, during the uh, RG3 years, and mm-hmm. then they've also been competitive throughout. Excuse me, I'm trying to think of the the other quarterback they had that where it was really high-flying. High it was after Art Bryles, uh blanket on the name. But they've been formidable, too, so we got to give them their credit. Yeah. Point being is, is that... Although the Big 12 is dispersing, you know, we're not sure what the future of the conference looks like. It is really good to see, like, a major top five power conference be so, I guess, not not foreseen. Because, like you said, I mean, all the other ones, Alabama, Georgia is probably going to determine the SEC. Clemson, the ACC. USC, the, the Pac-12. Big 10, it's probably going to be either Michigan or Ohio State. So, like, the Big 12 is easily the most entertaining conference right now for the diehard college football fan right now. And I think it's great for the sport. And with the college football playoff expanding too, here in 2026, if we can have more consistency like that throughout the rest of the conferences, 
it's just only going to help the sport transition into that new period. 60% of the new Big 12 is ranked right now. That's insane. That's insane. Like that's No, sorry, 50. 50. 50%. I guess I forgot we're going back to 12. But six teams, six teams out of the 12 teams in your conference are ranked in the top 25. With Baylor, with Baylor literally at number 26. So, or sorry, 27. 27, technically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, real quick, shout out James Madison. Yeah. First year in the FBS. Yep. And they are ranked number 25 already. Let's go. This is, this is a team who, <laughs> had, who has just like dominated the FCS. Was like, you guys... Them too and, easy for us. Them in North Dakota State. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Too easy. Yep. We're going to go play in the FBS. And now they're ranked. They're ranked. It's yeah. insane. Shout out to James Madison. But Big 12 looking electric. Um, I mean, it's just. Okay, look. Kansas State struggled yesterday against Iowa State. But Iowa State is just one of those teams. It's like so the best way I can describe Iowa State is. They might not be the best football team, but I guarantee you every single team that plays them thinks that they're a pain in the ass to play. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a few schools in the Big 12 like that. Iowa State, now going to be Kansas. Yeah. I think Texas Tech has become one of those now Mm -hmm. because, I mean, we're giving everyone, like, heart attacks, but... Way to catch yourself, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, there's no easy weeks like even with Oklahoma like they're still Oklahoma yeah and they're the one at the bottom of the conference so there's literally no week that you can afford to look ahead or take anybody lightly and yeah I I wouldn't take anybody for granted in the Big 12 right now nope so congrats to them I mean obviously none of them are going to make the college football playoff I mean maybe Oklahoma State if they continue to run the table but other than that I think it's just really going to be just a dog fight for the Big 12 title so um Couple other games around the country. NC State barely escapes Florida State. Uh, Alabama, Texas A and M down to the wire. A and M had a opportunity to uh, actually, um, I mean, win that game. They had a play at the goal line. It was probably the most god awful play I've ever seen drawn up for a goal line game winning play. But uh, <laughs> they had the chance. They held their own, but. I just feel like Jimbo usually does that. That's just Jimbo's thing. It is. Um, no Bryce Young, by the way, for the Alabama Crimson yeah, Tide. Yeah. Um, so that right. was obviously big for uh, Alabama and Texas A&M in this one. But I think Texas A&M, they've showed promise this year. They've shown that they can be competitive, and they are to be respected in the coming years of the SEC. But like we've said every week, they're young. They are really young. They are so young. I mean, obviously, you have the best recruiting class like in the history of college football. But that means like every single one of your players is freshmen. Yeah, and so. they just they they play like a young freshman led team. team, and they'll yeah. they'll learn from this and they'll build upon it. And I think the future is bright for College Station. But yeah, they're just they're not ready to take on even a Bryce Youngless Alabama team. I mean, everyone was ready to lose their mind losing to Appalachian State, which it's funny. Obviously, everyone yeah. loves a good upset. But did you, did you see the tweet where it said uh, apparently it's harder to play in? Uh, Texas State than it is in College Station. Yeah, in Austin. Yeah, yeah because Appalachian <laughs> State winning got blown out at, at Texas State down in San Marcos. Um, Ole Miss, number nine, really underrated team this season. Yeah. Haven't heard much about them, but, I mean, they, they played Vanderbilt, 
But they did what you're supposed to do against Vanderbilt if you're a top 10 team. They are. And you handle business. That and I, I think Lane Kiffin sometimes gets lost in the shuffle when we talk about the great coaches in college football. Yeah. What he's been able to do at Ole Miss and before that FAU and, you know, obviously his 10 years as OC at Alabama and et cetera, he's one of the great minds in college football. And I think he's doing a really great job with that program. Yep. I fully agree. Georgia handling business at Auburn. Uh, Cincinnati, future Big 12 member, uh, handling business against South Florida. Closer game, but uh, Cincinnati looked good. Their defense looked all right. Uh, they held up. Uh, their offense struggled a bit early on, but they really carried on and pulled out what they were supposed to do. Uh, a team that looks really bad, and then another team that looks really good played each other. Arkansas, very disappointing this season. Very disappointing season. Uh, the Razorbacks... I think they're three and three, one and three in the SEC. One and three in the SEC. They're starting to look like the uh, Arkansas as of prior. Yeah. So they got off to that hearts hot start. Excuse me. I think they've lost their last three, if I'm not mistaken. I think yeah. they went three and zero and they lost their yeah. last three. Um, shout out to Mike Leach, uh, Will Rogers, the quarterback from Mississippi State. Uh, I mean, in a Mike Leach offense, I mean, you're going to throw the ball. Air raid, air raid, air raid, air raid, everything and. Mississippi um, State looks legit, man. They do. Five and one in the SEC. Yeah. I think they are uh, a team to be reckoned with, a team to be respected. Absolutely. So, absolutely. They are, they've, they've earned their stripes. Okay. And they put the whooping on our SEC team that looks amazing, that I think can give Bama hell next week. This is a team that I fully believe can beat Bama next week is Tennessee. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they, so they beat LSU this week. Handedly. Blew out LSU handedly at yeah. L in Death Valley. <laughs> beating me. beating a team in Death Valley is not easy. No, and their quarterback, <coughs> Hendon Hooker. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm I really apologize for this. Seventeen for twenty seven, yeah. two hundred and thirty nine yards for two touchdowns. He's no legit. interceptions. They haven't had that level at the quarterback position arguably since, and I don't want to com- make the direct comparison, but they haven't had talent since the sheriff. Yeah. And in my opinion, he is such a dual threat. He's a smart uh, player with the football. He runs the offense efficiently. They've had talent down in this uh, in Tennessee in Knoxville. Yeah. And now that they finally have a quarterback that's able to run their offense and able to get them in the right spots and get the ball where it needs to go, I I totally agree. Like Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee is slowly if they go into Tuscaloosa. It's in Tuscaloosa next week. Yep. And. Yeah, they could absolutely give. Nick I think Saban Jabari fits. Small is the best running back Tennessee's had since Arian Foster, too. I mean, so they did. Salvin Kamara was there, I believe, at one point. So I don't want to disrespect him either. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's they're looking good, man. And especially if Bryce Young doesn't play for Alabama, this could be a whew, matchup. Definitely keep an eye out on the injury report. This could report. be a game. Yeah, definitely keep an eye this, on the injury report. This this could be a game. Uh, I. But that's the thing, man. All these every time that we think that um, Bama is going to have a close one, they just come out and be Bama. So we'll see if they can do it this year. This Bama team has been kind of weird this season. So I mean, they had a lot of turnovers uh, against A and M. Like that's the biggest thing. Is like there are a lot of things that we're seeing from Alabama this year. The flags against Texas, undisciplined, not taking care of the football undisciplined like the thing is is like if they can figure it all out they'll be fine but dude 
they've been weirdly so they're undisciplined secondary wise skill position of the defense yeah. and then wide receiver they've been inconsistent very inconsistent weirdly uh gibbs the running back jameer gibbs jameer gibbs has been their most consistent weapon both in the run and want to hear a hot take i think jameer gibbs is going to be better in the nfl than uh b john robinson is really yeah interesting he has shown that extra ability to, you know, get out of the backfield. And while that's not the strongest point of Bijan game, it's not like Bijan can't catch the football. Right. But I mean, it's an Alabama running back, so I mean, you, you you're, and, you've and, got a pretty good chance of hitting right. with that one. Yeah. So uh, BYU handling business. Uh, actually, losing. Sorry. <laughs> um, didn't watch that game, but uh, it looks like Notre Dame did upset number sixteen BYU. Uh, Notre Dame back? No. No. But no, they're not. That's a pretty solid win for the program. Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky. Let us down. What a fall from grace. Uh, now, granted, fall that from grace. Will Levis was obviously, um, you know, he's battling an injury right now. I mean, obviously he had that wicked uh, finger <laughs> Nasty, injury. dislocated finger. Um, so he obviously couldn't go with that one. But I think that that really lost. Um, it kind of took something out, out of Kentucky because he was really the man that led the charge for them. Um, and... It's unfortunate because Spencer Rattler and South Carolina, I don't think, should be handing, hand, hanging with a team like Kentucky. Yeah. But, I mean, backup quarterback and all, I mean, I don't, I don't care if you're at home. I mean, that's, that's tough to beat any SEC team when you're at a disadvantage like that. Yeah, wrapping up the ranked matchups, uh, Wake Forest uh, handles Army pretty well. Uh, Arizona State upsets number 21 Washington in uh, Tucson. Yep. Um, Ohio State... A little bit scary game against Michigan State early on, but they did what Ohio State does. The. The, sorry, the Ohio State. Real, probably one of the better matchups that we expected this week was UCLA-Utah, number 18 UCLA against number 11 Utah. UCLA pulling out the win there by 10. Chip Kelly's got a squad, man. Chip Kelly does have a squad. Yeah, like. Legit. Uh, Oh, my God. Dorian Thompson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's legit, man. Like, he's. A very small, small, small sleeper for the Heisman uh, Trophy. Yeah. No, I've been playing so far. I I agree. Uh, Michigan winning 31-10 over Indiana. And the final ranked game of the season. um, Well, hold on. (laughs) Hell of the season. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, And not the final. I just, I skipped a couple. Clemson handles Boston College 31-3. USC looks insanely good. Yeah. Handles Washington State. You just um, named three really good quarterbacks. J.J. McCarthy, D.J. Ugalele, and Caleb Williams yeah. all looked really good in their wins. All handled their business. But Yep, and Oregon. Oregon's another team that's winning handedly against their opponents. Granted, it's the Pac-12, but... I just, I, I can't respect Bo Nix. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. When they, when they do play USC later this season... It's going to be the absolute must-watch game in the Pac-12 yeah. this season, outside of maybe Utah, Oregon, or Utah, or not Utah, Oregon, Utah, USC. But yeah, I think I think they they're doing a great job at yeah. you know handling the games that they should. So we were talking about classic Big Twelve shootouts. Yes, we were. And there is one game and one team I haven't talked about that I have to talk about every week. Everyone knows this. <laughs> I think this is the most Big Twelve shootout game that we've seen this season so far. Uh, and I don't think anybody expected it to be what the game was. Um, 
Texas Tech goes into Stillwater, Oklahoma, loses by 10 to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Final score, 41-31. to 31. Texas Tech had to pull out their third-string quarterback to come into this game, <coughs> Baron Morton, mm-hmm. out of Eastland, Texas. Close to home, West Texas, West Texas boy. Um, redshirt freshman. Goes out and slings it for 379 yards. 39 for 62. That's a Texas Tech offensive I've ever seen one. This was like close to like what Pat would do every single week on average at Texas Tech. Through two through two touchdowns, had one interception, was sacked four times. His offensive line really let him down at the end of the game. Am I uh, reading this right? What he completed a pass to twelve different. Re- he completed a pass to twelve different receivers. What the okay? Yeah, <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse he had me. two receivers over 100, 100 yards. He did. Jaren Bradley for 119 and Trey Cleveland for 100 yards exactly. Uh, Xavier White had 10, eight receptions for 62. And then after that, he had a couple guys. But he was, yeah, he threw that ball to a lot of guys. The running backs helped a lot too. I mean, the biggest thing was Texas Tech's defense was holding them into this game. Texas Tech was down only 34-31 heading into the fourth quarter. They were up by four at halftime. Um, But things fall apart at the end of the game. People get tired. A lot of potential for this kid moving forward, for sure. Uh, Talking on the other side of the ball real quick, Spencer Sanders. Not the most efficient. He was not the most efficient. He was sub-50% on the game in completions, but... Threw for almost 300 yards, 297 yards, one touchdown. He was sacked three times. Um, Can I give a quick little shout-out here? Yeah. So, you know, I obviously do play-by-play in color for Aubrey High School. Yeah. Their leading rusher this year, Mm. um, who's actually kind of like, you know, he's the big guy on camp for high school. Right. That's Spencer Sanders' cousin. Really? Yeah. Because Spencer Sanders went to, I believe it was Denton Ryan. Mm -hmm. So, he's a local kid from our area. Wow. And... Uh, yeah, the running back was at this game or whatever. Crazy. So yeah, just a little, little flex there. Nice I guess shout out. Yeah, he says we interviewed him not too long ago, and he says he hopes to play NFL um, with or against his cousins. So yeah, just a little. It, 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 like I know you're a tech guy, but I was low key just kind of like watching the Oklahoma State game after I learned that, and I was just no. like pulling for him, pulling for Spencer Sanders a little bit. No, that's all right. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I don't ever want UNT to win anyway. So. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> it's not like we no, do anyway, so no, there we I'm go. Just kidding. <laughs> but the biggest thing, yeah, Spencer Sanders, though, he looked, I'm not going to lie, he looked not that good for three quarters of the game, but two and a half quarters of the game. I'll right. give him that. And then the veteran quarterback, the I can't lose mentality, the Mike Gundy, Spencer Sanders connection, it came into play, and Spencer Sanders looked like Spencer Sanders. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing was he didn't throw an interception, which is, that's his calling card. Yeah. He throws picks. So A little, um, little bit of a gunslinger. Yeah, he had one touchdown, but he had two more rushing touchdowns. Um, so he had 17 attempts for 56 yards. So he was he was running the ball a lot. Yeah. So, or trying to at least. But uh, Oklahoma State, man, they look legit. Uh, I really think that uh, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I really think the Big 12 championship game can be Oklahoma State and Kansas State. And I really think Kansas State can win the Big 12 this year. So so I wanted to ask, because I know we've pretty much gone through all the games. Right. 
now that the new AP Top 25s come out, Alabama's fallen two spots. Yeah, they're down to three. Um, still receiving 11 votes for the top spot with Georgia number one, Ohio State two, Alabama now three. Looking at the rest of the top 25, is there any major notes you want to talk about um, with the standings coming out, or are you pretty satisfied with everything in the top 25 rankings-wise? I don't know how Texas got ranked after winning against an unranked team, personally. I get it was a blowout, and maybe voters think that with Quinn Ewers that they're going to be a completely different team and they're going to run the table or something, which if they do, good for them, but... I don't know. You would have had them wait a little bit. Yeah. Uh, not in one week against a team that we saw get blown out also last week. <laughs> so it's like. Fair. I mean, I don't I don't fully understand it, but it's okay. I would have rather seen North Carolina up there or Baylor ranked instead. Um, teams who have kind of been proven that you know they're gritty and they can win these gritty games. Um, but it's all right. Uh, other than that. No, nothing crazy. I mean, the fact that Syracuse is number 18 is nuts. Um, I like where Wake Forest is. Um, and Tennessee moving up to number six. Uh, Michigan, number five. I really think, though, if Tennessee does beat Alabama, they fully deserve one of those playoff spots. Yeah. Without a doubt. I agree. So, uh, I, don't, I don't really see anything. One thing I'll mention is I think... USC is slightly getting underrated. Oh, I do too. Um, they're currently ranked seventh, and and they've hovered around that. They right. they went down a spot. Yeah, they did. Um, I know they didn't. Uh, Caleb Williams didn't have the greatest game this past weekend, but he still you know threw for a couple of touchdowns. He was efficient. You know, he was yeah. Caleb Williams. I think with that offense now, granted their defense is not up to par yet. Like they're not quiet the level. It is a Lincoln Riley coach team, and you know, so uh, they're not. Quite the level, which they will have to figure out if they go to the Big Ten. Absolutely. So, um, they won't in that aspect compete with the, the six teams ahead of them. But I think their offense, just that talent alone, the combination of Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and that offensive skill set, they can hang with anybody. So, how, yeah, how pissed do you think Oklahoma fans would be if USC makes it to the playoff and they win a playoff game? Winning a playoff game would be insane. So if they go to the national championship, essentially. Right. Because how many times did he go? How many times did Lincoln Riley go with Oklahoma? I'd say three. Three or two. So there was the one year with Kyler Murray. Yeah. There was the one year with Baker. With Baker. And did he go with Jalen Hurts? I don't think so. No. So it may have been just those two. Okay. Kyler, yes. Cause but both those Murray. games, they got embarrassed. Baker one was closer. Kyler was out of reach pretty yeah. early. Yeah. Um. Not disrespect to Kyler Baker. No, they, no. They were just a, yeah. Uh, but. Which I, Baker we were completely wrong about. <laughs> we'll get to later, but. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about yeah. on the NFL side. But, yeah, no, I just, <clears throat> I think it would really, would sting Oklahoma. Like, I don't think Brennan will ever admit it, but I think Oklahoma dearly misses Lincoln Riley. Like, I, oh, I think I, they are now, too. Like, Brent Venables, don't be wrong, could be a really head coach for the SEC and getting him that transition and everything. But right now they're hurting. Like, right now, it's like they are hurting. Like, I mean, it's just, it's never good whenever you have a breakup. And but I mean, that's the thing, right? Obviously, like, it's even worse when you have a breakup right before you're about to switch to the best conference in college football. Well, and let me just, a little analogy here. I mean, you know, you break up with anybody. Let's just, in your personal life, your partner, whatever. 
you don't want to go see them the next like time you see them. Exactly. They're looking good. They've been hitting the gym. Like they maybe have a new person that they're looking really good with the person they told you not to worry about. And you're just <laughs> sitting there like, <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> I don't know. I think that's how Giselle. <laughs> I think that's how Giselle feels every week watching Tom play football. <laughs> babe, don't so worry. Wait, so don't, hold, babe, so don't worry about the <laughs> don't worry about the bucks. I promise. I'm gonna retire. So wait. Next so year. who I is promise. who in that situation? Is Giselle okay? So Giselle's are they Oklahoma? Is Giselle Oklahoma? Giselle's Oklahoma. Wow, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, and not not in any sort of bad sense. Giselle's Oklahoma. <laughs> Because the, the tradition the, of Oklahoma, the power, the prestige. Yes, no, but also because because <laughs> Lincoln Riley is Tom Brady, right? And Tom Brady okay. and 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 the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are USC. Okay, retirement is is Oklahoma uh, f- to Lincoln Riley. So then, who? What's so it? basically, him saying, "Babe, don't worry, I'm retiring after this year." So does that? Don't mean- worry about me. I'm not going to go play football again. So okay, so Tom Brady's Lincoln Riley. Then he goes Riley. back to football. So Tom Brady's Lincoln Riley. Tom Brady's Lincoln Riley. The Bucks and are Oklahoma you... to Lincoln Riley is retirement to Tom. Okay. So then is Caleb Williams like the kids that Tom Brady gets in the divorce? Or hold on, hold on. We're not gonna go that deep into this here. We're, we don't have to break it down that much. I'm just trying to I'm just all, trying to all I'm all I'm saying, all I'm saying is that <laughs> Tom probably said a couple times, don't worry, I'm going to retire. Right. He does retire, quote retire. unquote. Retire. And now he's back at football. And Giselle's like, are you really having fun out there? Like I, legitimately? <laughs> really? Now? I, I You told me you were retiring. I, I, I don't want to get into this too much because we're in college football, but yeah. I don't think Tom ever really wanted to retire. I don't think he did either. But it is what it is. Yeah. So anyways, back from that <laughs> Colin Coward-esque analogy or whatever that I Sorry. just got. <laughs> no, that was, me. that was me. I brought it up. But yeah, no, I, other than that, rankings look good. I, won't, I also I think say, losing Giselle is like an awful thing for Tom. Oh, that's an L. <laughs> yeah, a massive I, I don't, L. <laughs> I, don't, I do not care how many Super Bowls or MVPs that man has. That is an L. That's the biggest loss of his of his career. That's an L. So, but, but yeah. Um, shout out Mississippi State jumping up seven yeah, spots. Seriously. And UCLA. They deserve that. Too. Yeah, yeah, UCLA, both of them. Yeah, they were the biggest uh, jumpers this week with Utah and Kentucky, the biggest losers, dropping down nine spots. <sighs> Kentucky, man, really disappointed me. Really, 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 really disappointed me. Really. But I love college sports. But let's draft ourselves into the NFL here. Ba-dum-ba-dum. First round picks, baby, right here. Eh, yeah, some some would say we're first round ricks. <laughs> some would, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe they're not very intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they've never watched football. That's just like when like one of us, because me and Colin, me and Colin are big boys. Yeah, it's like one of us walking into a grocery store and some old guy being like, "Play ball, son." <laughs> you know, I actually got mistaken for a fullback the other day. <laughs> I actually did because we were like sitting there. We got to the stadium early. And we were just throwing the football around. We were, like, doing, like, our pregame stuff. And these other kids who were, like, you know, at the school, they came up to whatever, and they were talking to one of the guys who actually did play. Because, you know, the other two guys I'm with are, like, a receiver, receiver, right. and one's a track star. So they all tell them their story. Then they look at me, and they're like, so what were you, like, a fullback or something? And I was just like, I was like, uh, I'm a, <laughs> I mainly am on the sidelines, man. Big sports like, guy. Yeah, big sports guy. Big sports guy. Yeah. I studied the game. My uh, my athletic prowess is not something that you can find on huddles. It's that's up for here. Sure. It's up yeah. here in the head. 
Okay. Well, it's just like when they asked me at uh, what was it Buffalo Wild Wings if I, if I was if I was a lineman for UNT the other day. I said yes, but in my head I'm just thinking I'm like, in my head I'm just thinking like, you you guys have you guys have never seen a lineman in your life. You prejudiced piece of <laughs> no 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 not even that if you yeah. if you stand next to a, a Division One and like the offensive lineman. And then you look at me, you will know I am not a Division One offensive lineman. You could be a D tackle. Yeah, but not an offensive lineman. That's true. You would be like, you could maybe pass for a center. They're taller than me, man. I'm 6'1", oh, so and they're taller than me. You could pass for a center. Like, a, you'd be a I small guess, center, maybe. but that would be it. But you you would, if I had to guess, like, if you told me you actually played football, yeah. and I was guessing your position, I'd say nose tackle. Yeah, well... You, you're basically Chris Jones. I'm just... Uh, you're basically like Aaron Donald. Just a good old football fan. Colts got to win. Overtime win. In the most ugly primetime game that I can remember since, like, we tied the Cardinals 6-6, six to six, remember, on Sunday Night Football those years <laughs> ago. Like, that. that's what that game brought me back to. No, that, that no, that game was the worst football game I've ever seen in my life. That, that game was ugly. Like, it's one thing for Matt Ryan. It like, was the worst football game I've seen in my life. Matt Ryan... You know, former league MVP, you know, arguably the greatest quarterback in Atlanta Falcons history. You're done. Like, he's cooked. Like, he's, there may be points where he can, like, game manage and he, like, knows the game so he can get you by. Retire. I would be shocked if he plays past this year. Or even if, to be honest, he really makes it through this year. Because when it gets to the cold, I mean, I know Indianapolis plays in a dome, but if they're in a away game, like, if they're in Buffalo or something, oh, they are screwed. Yeah. And Jonathan Taylor didn't play. They got adequate running game from uh, the back of running backs. But yeah, Ryan threw two really ugly picks. The main story, though, what everyone was talking about was, uh, well, my team's former quarterback, Mr. Uh, Dangerous, Mr. Very Limited, um, <laughs> Mr. Russell Wilson. He, jeez, uh, man, I... I said before the season that the Seahawks were really going to regret trading this guy and that you can't trade away the best quarterback in franchise history, you know, yada, 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 and, you know, blaming Pete Carroll and everything and John Snyder. I would like to publicly, um, into this microphone, apologize to uh, Mr. Pete Carroll and Mr. John Snyder um, for seeing what most of us did not see, which was that... Maybe we were a little bit wrong about the uh, relationship between Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, and their whole tenure with Seattle. Maybe it was, you know, a little more credit deserved to be going Pete Carroll's way and the running game's way and the defense and everything. And don't be wrong, I still think Russ is a talented player, and I think he's going through a bad stretch right now. And I don't think Nathaniel Hackett's helping him at all. I no. think Nathaniel Hackett's way in over his head. Yeah. But Russ threw three passes Thursday night in which I was like, the worst I've seen Russ, I don't think I've ever seen him throw that bad. Yeah. Like that one punt, basically, that he had, where he just lofted it up, and there was really a receiver like 15 yards away. Yep. And it was right to the safety. That one was ugly. Yep. He threw an interception where they could have essentially iced the game with a first down. Yep. And there was another one where he just, again, just looked like he was completely out of it. And then he missed on a play that very much looked like the infamous Super Bowl play in which he threw that interception, didn't even look K.J. Hamler's way. No. And threw it instead at the former... Uh, yeah, very reminiscent of a certain Super Bowl. Yeah. Very reminiscent. Run the ball. 
Yeah. Threw it to Stephon or Stephon Gilmore's direction. Yeah. And Gilmore played it beautifully. Ultimately, the Colts did win in overtime, as you mentioned. Um, what the heck's going on in Denver, man? I there were people winning that people had Denver winning that division, which was always nuts to me. I did. I thought so too. But I, I mean, I granted I had the Chargers, and they've been dealing with their own injuries this year. But yeah. Denver is just wild how inadequate they are. Yeah, the Chiefs are the best team in that division again. Easily, yeah. yeah, they are, and they, they should have. <coughs> we should have all known it, but <laughs> it's you know well, we listen, all hope for something different sometimes every well, season, I mean, right? I just, I would like to see I, you know could have should have would have like you can always play the what if game, but yeah. Chargers injuries, man. They, I really think they're a curse franchise. But that's no, I, I, no, yeah, I. The Chargers very disappointing, but no, the Denver Broncos do not look good at all. Like no, everyone. I mean, you have the pieces. You have the pieces. You have a quarterback who, historically in his career, has been like solid. You've been building that defense through the draft for the last five years, and you. You're just you're struggling. Like it, there's, it's just not clicking at all whatsoever. And I mean, like Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, yeah, like Melvin Gordon. I understand Javante, Javante Will- Williams out of the year now, but, but still, like they've had even when he fun, was playing, they weren't flowing like they should be. No. They've been like the one of, if not the most inefficient offenses in the red zone. Yep, this entire NFL season. Which is so uncharacteristic because that's where Russ normally like has his main moments. And I know as he's gotten later in his career, he's become more of a pocket passer. He doesn't run around as much as he did earlier in his career. Right. I think he needs to try to get back to that as much as he can because what they're doing in Denver, it's not working. Well, they always said get Russ an offensive line. He has a better one than he's had. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, you know, Denver's like the elite, you know, 90s Cowboys offensive no, line, but they're but not terrible. They're better than what Seattle has. Yeah. And what they have had the yeah. last few years. Yeah. And and now he's playing worse. And, yeah, I, we're going to talk about him later. I mean, Chino, who backed him up for, like, a couple of years before, you know, this season, up to this point. And even with today's game, which Gino didn't – I mean, Gino played great, but he, you know, obviously didn't win today. Right. Gino's been the better quarterback. Yeah. Which is <laughs> – Absolutely. I understand week one people were, like, you know, sitting there, and I was just like, all right, you know, it's a great moment, whatever. This was our Super Bowl, yada, yada. It's four weeks later. This is the Drew Locke trade now. <laughs> this is the Noah Fant trade. Yeah, the Noah Fant trade. Yeah. God, it's... That sucks, man. It, it really, the, really sucks for... The Shelby Harris trade. <laughs> the <God>. Shelby Harris <laughs> <coughs> But, man, uh, God, whew, man, let's move on to bright and early this morning, right after we finished watching a riveting Formula One race. We went straight into another European matchup. Over there in London. In London. <laughs> the Packers and the Giants. What the heck are the Packers doing on offense? Like, what the bleep are they doing on offense? Like, they scored 20 in the first half. They looked very competent. The second yeah. half, they were nowhere to be seen. I understand that Rodgers... They literally did not score. The Rodgers, other than the safety that the Giants gave them at the end. Yep. Rodgers is getting used to his receivers. His main experienced wide receiver is Alan Lazard. Totally get it, right? Tell me why that when you're getting down to the red zone in which you have not one but two dependable running backs that you can hand the ball off to, arguably your two best skill position players, 
and you're sitting there throwing goal line fades yep. and trying to run pick plays. When and, you know you don't have Devontae Adams up there anymore. Right. Like, it's just they're <laughs> they're ignoring the obvious, which is that you need to change up this offense. And I know Rodgers is talented and he wants to be able to throw the ball. He can't. Like they're throwing let your <laughs> let your run game open up your passing game. Like they're, they're, isn't that like the golden rule of an offense? They're throwing to freaking Randall Cobb. Establish 30, the run. Thirty-two year old Randall Cobb was yeah. their leading receiver today. Establish the run. Like that's the golden rule of football. Establish the run. It will open up your receivers. It will open up the middle of the field because your linebackers are not so focused on just covering the middle of the field because they're you, they know you're not going to hand off the ball. Aaron Jones, 13 carries for 63 yards. That's almost five yards a carry. A.J. Dillon, six carries for 34 yards. Almost good for six yards a carry. Get those guys more touches. Like, it's not hard. It's not. And it's not like Daniel Jones had a game of the ages either. <coughs> no. He didn't throw a touchdown. <coughs> he, like He managed the game. And on a bad ankle, too. He was 21 of 27. Yeah. Like, it's just, it blows my mind where the Packers just seem to go to. And yet, the, the, the fact that they were getting away from the run so early in this one, which really should have been the reason they put this game away. It just shows that, you know, I know Nathaniel Hackett left and everything, but we see what he's doing in Denver. It's like, LaFleur, you got to take control of this offense a little bit. Like, give Aaron Jones, give A.J. Dillon the ball. Goodness, man. I mean, disperse the ball. Like, I mean, I if I gave you the stat lines of both the players for the Giants and the Packers, and I told you Daniel Jones only threw 217 yards... He yep. didn't throw a touchdown. Yep. He didn't throw any interceptions. Right. But uh, Saquon didn't even rush for 100. Yep. Only had 70 yards and one touchdown. Yeah. I would have said the Packers win by a couple scores. Yeah. They blew that one. Slayton only had 79 yards, and then your second leading receiver is Barkley with 36. But the but the Giants made the opportunities count when they yeah. were given them. And, and you And what you said was perfect is Daniel Jones managed the game. Yeah. That's what he. Did. That's what he's supposed to. Do. Brian Dayball. He dispersed the ball. I said this we before we started our podcast on another podcast that I've I've done. Brian Dayball, I will repeat, was the best head coaching hire this past offseason. He and obviously Ken Dorsey and everybody else in Buffalo, but him specifically, his play design and his quarterback development is by far one of the best in the NFL. It yep. was the reason Josh Allen partly is. The where Josh Allen is now because of everything that he did for Josh and the play design and everything. And he's a well-respected guy in the locker room. He is able to relate to players well. He has done a phenomenal job with this New York Giants roster. And I could not be more happy for him. I know the Giants are in your division, so I don't always love to hear that. But I mean, I like that our division is being successful. We've been a joke for the last five years. Yeah, the Giants are no longer a laughingstock no. with Brian Dable. And the fact that he's doing this with Daniel Jones, he needs to be commended for. Yeah. So, but... No, I fully, fully, absolutely agree. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, speaking of your division, we can talk about somebody who is incompetent if you want to just get it out of the way. <laughs> the uh, Washington Commanders fall to 1-4. and four They suck. After they lost to the Tennessee Titans today, 21-17. to 17. Carson Wentz actually didn't look too bad, 25-38. 359 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Derrick Henry looked like Derrick Henry of old, rushing for 102 tutties. Wentz did throw a Wentz-level interception yep. that did seal the win for the Titans. Yep. It just seems like this is finally the year in which 
you know, they, they can draft another quarterback. They haven't drafted one in the first round, I think, since Dwayne Haskins. Nope. Re- or rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, I think this is, I mean, Washington just has too much talent on the offensive side of the football. Yep. Um, they do need to upgrade their offensive line a little bit, in my opinion. But other than that. Terry uh, McLaurin deserves better. Yeah. Diami Brown. Curtis yeah. Samuel. Yeah. Uh, Jahan Dotson. All deserve better. Yeah. And there's no excuse for only putting up 17 points when you have the skill weapon. I mean, Brian Robinson came back today. Also want to give that a shout out. Yeah. To a um, shot twice in the leg <laughs> on a carjacking. Yeah. And he's, and he's back playing football. Yeah. Incredible story for them, but yeah, just Carson wins. I'm sorry. Win the game for him, dude. Like he'll be a backup somewhere. You'll be very, you know, Mike Lennon esque for the rest of your career. Yeah. Might fool somebody into giving you another deal, but yeah, just you're, it's not working. In it's not. It's you're not, the Philly quarterback that you were for one year. Yeah. Well, the, you was... know, we get we do get some brighter news, though. There are no longer any teams with no wins. The Texans, the last team that did not have a win, finally got their first win today. Against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Damian Pierce finally turned all that preseason hype into reality today. 26 carries. Late in the game. 99 yards with a touchdown. Yep. He looked every bit. Excuse me. <coughs> he looked oh. every bit the reason that fantasy owners drafted him. Yeah. And uh, he definitely has taken over that bell cow role. Um, Rex Burkett only getting three carries for 15 yards. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I'm not going to lie, had two really bad interceptions yeah, today. Awful looking interceptions. He's he's really talented. And the Jaguars do have talent. I don't think their offensive line is quite where it needs to be. But um, he's he has a little bit of that haywire gene in him that I think he's still trying to get rid of from the Urban Meyer experience that he had last year. Yeah. But he's got all the talent in the world, and the Jaguars still can compete in this division. I think the Titans are literally the leading it only a game ahead of them. Yeah. But if you're going to win the division and you're going to step up and be a franchise quarterback, you can't make the decisions like he was making today. No, absolutely not. I fully agree. Man, a, a team I really want to love and I really want to see succeed it's blown out by the Patriots today the Detroit Lions it's a tough one 29 to (coughs) 0 I love Detroit man I love the Lions I love everything that they're building up there in Detroit I mean even after watching hard knocks like I just ended up loving them more um it's crazy disappointing I think New England's defense kind of rounded into form today um Jared Goff turned back into Jared Goof Yep. Um, Jamal Williams kind of came <laughs> back down to earth as well. Uh, Josh Reynolds did a really nice job filling in. I mean, they, they were – Amon Ross St. Brown wasn't fully healthy. You could no, see it. Yeah. Um, DJ Chark struggling for sure. DJ Chark didn't play. Obviously, uh, DeAndre Swift didn't play as well. Um, even with Bailey Zappi or Zapp or Zappi. Zappi, I think. Each commentator, I swear, calls him something else, so I actually don't know what the correct pronunciation is. I think it's Zappi. Okay. Well, Bailey Zappi. Looked really good today. Um, this What this brings to mind is kind of similar to what you're dealing with in Dallas. Somewhat similar. In which the starting quarterback's down and he's injured. And the backup quarterback comes in. And when the backup quarterback comes in and does as well as Zappi, or in your case, Rush does, you kind of sit there and question, okay, how really good is our starter? Because obviously the starter's better. Like, Mac Jones is better than Bailey Zappi. Yeah. Dak Prescott is better than Cooper Rush. Right. But you kind of have to If you mess there. up 
do you mess up the chemistry right now? You know, that's the, that's, <laughs> that's the question, right? When people ask that question, well, okay, well, when your guy comes back, Cause do, you, do you immediately start him? Yeah, because I'm not sure what the timeline is for Mac. Because I don't think Mac's coming back next week. I think he's, his ankle sprint's going to keep him out a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, but for Dak, and we can go ahead and talk about the Cowboys game. Um, they did win against the Los Angeles Rams today. Pretty gritty, solid win. Defensive yeah. effort for They're, a lot of it. The Cowboys are one of the best defenses in football. I don't know if I've said that on our podcast, but they I, are 100% legit. I was saying, I, I didn't want to say it before because I didn't want to jump the gun, but I legitimately, I I, I agree. Um, da- Dallas really, Dan Quinn has that defense rolling, man. And Michael Parsons, he might not be getting all the sacks, but dude, he is opening up the rest of that defensive line. 11 from heaven, as some Beautiful. call him. Yeah. For those religious people out there. Yeah. <laughs> he's his, he's looked really good. Demarcus Lawrence had a really good game today. Um, Trayvon Diggs, uh, for all his, you know, gambling. I mean, he's he's still one of the elite corners in the NFL today. And I got to say, man, he's, he's not jumping the routes anymore like he was last year. Which last year, that's what got him those 11 picks. He did jump on the Cooper Cup touchdown. He did. But not he. I understand he's not jumping as frequently. He's not jumping as frequently. He's not allowing as many yards. He's not on pace for what he allowed last year, which is also which the like reason why he's not seven hundred and eighty yards last year, which is nuts. Which is why he's also not getting as many picks. Also, right. Um, but he's limiting the receivers he's covering, which is honestly which probably it's probably better. Yeah. Um. Can I shout out somebody on your defense that I think has been really an un- unsung hero? Who? Donovan Wilson. Yep. That safety man. He's been. Balling. Like, I know the safety position for the Cowboys. He had Byron Jones, who never was, like, a really big intercept interception Which they guy. even moved him to corner. Right. And uh, he, <coughs> I know since, I mean, they. I'm trying to think, like, the really last good safety other than that, like, the most Williams. The most decent safety, like, that we've had really is Jeff Heath. And that Just was for, crazy. like, two years. Right. Of him being legit. Um, But he, Donovan Wilson is... Is your guy in yeah. that in that secondary? And you don't do Malik Hooker's not been playing bad either. No, and I think Malik's Malik's been really revitalizing his career. He's found yeah. second wind. I mean, Dan Quinn, I think, just knows how to coach. What, and, and I feel like I, I said this a couple of years ago when we <laughs> when we got Dan Quinn or last year when we got Dan Quinn was that I really really believe that with Dan Quinn solely focusing on defense that this Cowboys defense is going to get completely revitalized. Because, uh, well, who was it? Mike Nolan, who yes. was our defensive coordinator before Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. I mean, that dude was the defensive coordinator for the 0-16 Lions. I don't know why anyone from that team would ever have a job again. So It's a wonder why Jeff Fisher kept getting jobs as much. And as there's a know. reason that Dan Orlovsky <laughs> is sitting at a desk right now, you know, being a football analyst. There's a reason Hugh Jackson's out of a job right now. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it goes without saying that also Tony Pollard, I mean, he's just, he's the better back right now. Yeah. He's, he's the guy. I think Zeke. Zeke is your power back. He is. Without a doubt. And you have to keep playing him because of his salary. He will also get you a good five, four yards when you need it. Exactly. So that's, and I think they have finally a good balance with that. I think they'll continue to kind of exploit that. But if anything, lean, lean a little bit more TPs. I I think we all agree. Um, On the Los Angeles Rams side, I just want to point out. Their offensive line issues continue to struggle. I understand they did go up against the Cowboys pass rush, so I don't want to go say that without that being stated. But they're not able to run the ball. 
Like they've been known under they've, the Sean McVay. It's been five weeks in the season, and they've started five different offensive line. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like Cam Akers, uh, uh, Daryl Henderson. They just haven't been able to get the job done. No, nope. um, Cooper Cup. They're not it, giving Matt Stafford time. Yeah, Cooper Cup's been the only receiver that Matthew Stafford seems like he really fully trusts. I know he had <coughs> the offseason <coughs> elbow issue. Excuse me. Um, that's really kind of been flaring up. That's been described as like a baseball injury. I don't know if that has something to do with it, but yeah, this Rams offense, this is the first time Sean McVay's, this is the worst start Sean McVay's had since he's became a head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see how this team responds yeah. uh, going forward. But do you want to talk about another NFC East team beating another NFC West team? Let's do it. The Philadelphia Eagles defeated the Arizona Cardinals today, 20-17 to 17 to remain the NFL's only undefeated team. Uh, with the Cardinals kicker Matt Amendola missing a game-tying field goal late in regulation. Jalen Hurts uh, was Jalen Hurts. I think he, you know, 26-36, 239 yards. Look, man, I love Jalen Hurts' talent, and I love that he can run the ball like he does. But I, please, for the love of, like, my fantasy team, please throw it. That's AJ, bro. Sometimes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even care to who. Throw the ball. Hand it off sometimes. Miles Sanders is a great back. 15 to 61 uh, on the ground for two tutties. Yeah. Like he is the guy for yeah. Philly. Yeah. And on the other side, Kyler Murray, you could argue, is the guy for Arizona. Without a doubt. Um, James Conner also got injured in this one. Yeah. And Kyler really had to step up as the running back. I mean, they were down to one running back at one point, uh, Eno Benjamin, who did score for the Cardinals. Uh, Arizona, man, they normally start off hot and then they cool down at the end. This year, maybe it's due to the contract. Fluff with Kyler Murray. Maybe there was a Call of Duty double XP weekend this weekend. I'm not sure, but uh, Cardinals don't look like a serious team to me. Like, they just don't look like they're a team that should be vying for the playoffs as currently constructed. Um, it just seems like one thing after another with this team. And this was a chance. I get it. I get it, it was against the team's only undefeated team, but yep. Kyler, you got to you gotta win this one at home, man. Yeah. I really do. I think they had a couple of chances and they just couldn't capitalize. And now they're really sitting behind the eight ball. I mean, I think that if um, they go to OT, that the Cardinals do pull it out just because they had that momentum later in the game for sure. But yeah, oh, man, you know who else is behind the eight ball? Carolina's head coach, Matt Rule. <laughs> I thought that's where you were going. Yeah. See, we're getting the chemistry down, Andrew. We are. We're really figuring it out because I think a lot of us were wrong about Baker Mayfield. I wasn't. (laughs) I knew. I was. I was dead set on Baker not being the guy. People were asking me, Colin, you think Seattle should trade for Baker Mayfield? No. And and I said no. Because Baker Mayfield, believe it or not, is a starting NFL quarterback. He's not a franchise guy. He's not even an elite guy. None of that. He's not... Any of that. He He's is Joe a Flacco. He is a guy who can lead an offense. Yep. He can manage the game. Yep. If he's got all the right pieces surrounding him. Yep. Carolina does not have what Cleveland had. No. Definitely not the offensive line they had. No. They don't have the one two punch of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Nope. Respect to Christian McCaffrey. Because Christian McCaffrey <coughs> still balls. <coughs> Excuse me. Receiving core wise, well, Baker doesn't throw to his receivers anyway. Yep. So that doesn't matter regardless. They look bad. And yeah. and to be honest, Matt Rule and that offensive coaching staff is not doing a great job of helping him. No. But some of the play calling is just absurd. 
the Niners are just a better team in general right now. They deserve to be the number one team in the NFC West right now as they now hold a one game over the entire division. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to be what he is. Game manager, two touchdowns today. Jeff Wilson did his thing on the ground, over 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle did their thing. Uh, Debo Samuel actually was limited today. J.C. Horn did a really good job before he got injured. Carolina man, I don't know if there's a coach more on the hot seat than Matt Rule, personally. You could make a argument for a couple others. Yeah. But I think he's he's feeling the feeling the heat, as as we like to say. Seat's heating up for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But um getting a little hot. Getting a little hot. Um speaking of something hot, Miami Dolphins are you know, they play in Florida. They are they were hot coming they were into hot. this game. They were hot. But but the Jets had a big old bucket of water. Yeah, they um Zach Wilson, Jets. They look pretty good. They look pretty solid. They looked pretty freaking good. Yeah. Like it this is the New York Jets we're talking about. And they're three and two in October. Like, I know Zach didn't have the craziest stat line. He did get in for a rushing touchdown, 14 to 21. Brees Hall did his thing. Michael Carter punched it in a couple times. But Miami... Brees Hall looks really good. They do, he does. He looks every bit like the first running back. He also he also had two receptions for 100 yards. Yeah. Like, he was big play all over. Combined for nearly 200 total yards from scrimmage. Yeah. Um, he looks absolutely legit. I will say, sorry for Teddy Bridgewater. Miami... In their quarterback situation, we talked about it a little dope in the show with Tua's concussion thing. Uh, Teddy also left this game with a head injury, yep. so they were replaced by undrafted Skylar Thompson, who did fairly seventh adequate. round pick. Yeah, fairly adequate, but um, give him some respect. He was picked. <sighs> well, minus <laughs> he was picked today. He did throw an interception. You're right, Andrew. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for mentioning that. Um, yeah, I mean they were really leaning yeah. on Raheem Mostert to really run that offense through. He got his 113 yards in a tutty, but dude, it was it's not great. No, it's it's something that they just got to get healthy, and I think they'll be fine. Like Mike McDaniel's a really good play caller. Um, defensively, yeah. not some sure. out. <laughs> I, I think they just because of their offense kind of like put a lot of pressure on their defense today that they weren't expecting, and they'll be fine. They just need to get healthy. Um, yeah, but yeah, that that was it's not great. Uh, yeah. Speaking of health. The Chargers, they're not the healthiest team right now, but they oh, were but healthy they enough. Pulled out a gritty win against the Cleveland Browns. The uh, Browns. Um, Justin Herbert, you know, was Justin Herbert. Uh, not the greatest game for him. He was 22-34 with a touchdown. Austin Eckler, man, he was all over the place today. A couple uh, touchdowns on the ground, touchdown through the air. 16 carries, 173 yards, including the 71-yard rush um, in the second half. Mike Williams, Mike will do it. Um yeah. 10 receptions, 134 yards. Nick Chubb, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's one of the three best running backs in football. Uh, two touchdowns on the ground, 17 for 134. Jacoby Brissett was fine. You know, he's doing his thing. Uh, David Njoku led them in rece- uh, receiving yards with six for 88. I'm really but, glad to see his resurgence yeah. this season. I think he he needed to... Uh, uh, not Baker? Yeah. I think everybody in Cleveland needed I, not I Baker. Mean, which is crazy because you, you see Cleveland... You see, see Odell that they have. Odell, you know, getting away from Baker. Um, it's just, it's crazy, right? It's clear now that, you know, Baker was the problem. Uh, you know who struck today? Who? Not Lightning. But mm. 
1 p.m. Kirk. Ah, yes. Top five quarterback all the time. One o'clock, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kirk Cousins. I mean, just when the bright when the lights are sh- dimmest, <laughs> Kirk Cousins shines the brightest. When your light is the sun, <laughs> yeah, that's when Kirk shines. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Delvin Cook, I think, had his best game of the season. Thank God. 18 carries for 94 yards and a couple touchdowns on the ground. Justin Jefferson, no one on the Bears could cover him. Uh, Justin Fields, 15 to 21, a touchdown. I mean, Justin Fields is just so good at just doing enough. He, there. I just, I don't like the offensive system they have in. I don't either. Chicago. No. The, the one legit receiving target he has is Darnell Mooney. And they just don't let him throw the ball. No. They just don't have confidence in him. And they're just forcing David Montgomery down the throat. And teams are easily keying in on it. Yeah. They got. They just have to let Justin Fields grow, man, as a passer. Like, you have a long leash with him. And they're just not letting him free. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, Darnell Mooney is your, you know, your ex-receiver. But Equinemia St. Brown isn't, you know, some bum off the street either. No. Like, he's a solid wide receiver, too. And if... You know, they just let him throw and disperse that ball a little bit more. It's going to really open up that field for him. It's going to open up the field for David Montgomery and Cleo Herbert. So I, I just, it just, yeah, it's, it's, it's every a time, coaching thing. Every time I watch the Chicago's offense, I just look at it and I'm like, I see Justin Fields, and that like, you know, grabs my attention for a split second, and then I look at the rest of the offense, and I'm just like, yeah. I'm so bored. Same. Like I'm just like I'm so like just I don't want to watch. Me, 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 me. Like yeah, just basically like just a just ugh. yeah so ugly you know what the uh, offense is not ugly oh there's an offense that is ugly and there's an offense that's not ugly do you know what i'm talking about out of the games we haven't talked about left uh, <laughs> uh an offense that is ugly are you talking about the saints and seahawks no you're talking about falcons bucks no oh, <laughs> oh bills and Steelers. Steelers, bills and Steelers. Sorry. <laughs> like geez man, i forgot that game happened because <laughs> it was just so lopsided uh yeah, so the, in case you had, you didn't figure it out, the the offense that didn't look good was the Pittsburgh. They yeah. scored three points today. I understand Kenny Pickett. They let see they let Kenny Pickett throw it. Yep, fifty two times. Now granted, he did only throw an interception, but they're letting him throw it. Uh, three hundred and twenty seven yards. Like yeah, I mean like they're letting him get it done. You know, George Pickens looking every bit like the hyped up preseason uh, stud that he was. Najee that Harris, is my offensive rookie of the year. It was. Um, Najee Harris, man. The, the Pittsburgh, they actually might have the worst offensive line in the league. Yep. They are god-awful. He has no time. And Najee can't find a hole worth to save his nope. life. It was completely night and day compared to what he had in Alabama. And they got to fix that ASAP Rocky because they are not. <laughs> they're I not mean, going anywhere. It doesn't help when you have Josh Allen throwing for 424 yards yeah. on the other side. <coughs> oh, my God. And four tutties. Oh, uh, well, four, four touchdowns in the first half along with, like, 350 passing yards. Yeah. In the first half. Yeah. And here's the one thing I'll say about Buffalo, because I know you and Brendan both picked, I think, the Bills to win the Super Bowl, correct? Or did you do you yes. have somebody else? I have the Bills. Okay. You have? I had the Chargers, yes. <laughs> so, hey, the Chargers are still 3-2. and two. They got to win today. You're right, you're right, you're right. If Rashawn Slater can somehow recover, I have a slim, slim bit of hope. Yeah. But anyways, um... The one thing I'll say about Buffalo, right? Because I think it's them and Kansas City. They should be the two top teams in the NFL, along with the Eagles to some respect. Shocker. Um, yeah, right? Uh, that should be, the, you know, have both have a firm hand on the trophy of who is the best team in the NFL, right? The I mean, they Bills both have a hand on the AFC Championship trophy. Right? Okay. 
one thing I will say for Buffalo in order in order that <laughs> they need to figure out. Josh Allen cannot consistently be your leading rusher. Every no. Week. Like Josh Allen, I understand that they don't like they love to pass and they love to, you know, spread the ball around and you have you analytics have a tells you to solid running back. Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary is not a bad running back. Zach Moss, James Cook, I know they're young guys, you know. And James- Josh Allen's running threat really opens up the field for Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Like Yeah. <sighs> it's just they refuse to really get those guys going. And for the durability of your quarterback, you hope Josh Allen's your quarterback for the next 15 years plus, if you're lucky. It will not get that way if you continue to use Josh Allen the way that the Bills use him. Yeah. Now, I understand that is the most effective way to sometimes use Josh Allen if you absolutely need it. Not in a game, not in week five, not in week four, three, two, or one. In a game where you're you're winning easy. <laughs> like, just hand the ball off to Devin Singletary. Hand the ball off to James Cook. Hand the ball off to Zach Moss. Don't do this all this crap. Like I get it, it's great for fantasy. In reality, for Buffalo, that's the one thing I will push back on. That's the one negative I'll have. Other than that, I mean, it was flawless victory. Yeah, they were absolutely just I, all over the place. The only other argument I have too is I wish Gabe Davis wasn't so boomer bust for oh for fantasy. <laughs> not even that. He's just he is. Some some games he's just not there. I I think. Josh Allen just kind of like he has Diggs, right? Like yeah. Diggs is his clear number one. And I think he just honestly picks who he's just going to be like throwing open to for the whole for the whole game. Yeah, because I don't. I, I, he has a pretty solid. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because he has a few solid choices. So like, obviously, he has Gabe Davis. Yeah, he has Jamison Crowder, uh, Dawson Knox, tight end. Yeah, he has Singletary out of the backfield, which he rarely throws, but sometimes will. So I think it's just kind of like it's Diggs and then everybody else, which I'm okay with. I agree. But at the same time, yeah, having a reliable number two would be nice. Um, but yeah, just again, the Bills are still considered co-favorites at the worst. So we have a couple more games to touch on. Yeah. Um, we don't need to talk too much about this Falcons Bucks game because there was a controversial pass inter- or rough oh, pass call. Oh my god! And that's really the only thing we need to touch on because that was the biggest load of Dookie I've seen this week. If uh, you see Brady's quote after the game, no. I don't throw the flags. <laughs> That's what he said, quote for quote, uh, word for word. Excuse me. Um, I just rolled my eyes so hard. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> playoff Lenny did his thing today, but yeah, that that Colin Grady Jarrett, I thought seemed like a legit sack to me. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure what you want him to do in that situation. I mean, Tom's six four. Granted, I know he's forty five, but he's six four. He's still a large human. It's not his fault that Tom is forty five. Right, like it's Tom is choosing to play football. Right, and it's. No, but what I'm saying is, is like in order that he's not an easy man to bring down. That's oh, what I was saying. yeah. Um, but yeah, Grady, I thought that was a complete legal play. I he thought, did not drive him into the ground. It was just a tackle. The momentum took them around. Like that's, I mean, like what do you want Grady Jarrett to do there? Right. I just that that's where I kind of like raise my eyebrow a little bit. But uh, ultimately, the Bucks did come away with a win after that spanking. Uh, last week again, well, not spanking, but their defense got spanked by Kansas City last week. They they avoid they avoid Tom Brady going zero and three for three weeks straight. Yeah, right. Um, for the first time in his career, Seahawks ultimately fell to the Saints. Taysom Hill. Um, you want to talk about fantasy teams? Jesus, man had freaking four touchdowns today. Uh, and you know with Andy Dalton also starting. The ultimate Swiss Army knife, Taysom Hill, just was... I mean, he just... He does everything, dude. 
It's it's incredible. Like he's just, I, I feel bad for Alvin Kamara fantasy owners because he's just he's gonna get the touchdown every time. And ultimately, Seattle's defense is a work in progress at this point. Um, Rashad Penny more than likely looks like he'll be out for the season with a severe ankle injury. Uh, Kenneth Walker looked good, the rookie. Geno Smith, I mean, 16 to 25 for three touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, he's still looking like Geno yeah. um, so far, which can't hate, hate him for that. <laughs> but ultimately, Saints did what they needed to do, and uh, they came away with the win. <laughs> Excuse oh, me. Bless you. That was, a, that was the first sneeze on the show. I've done uh-huh. a lot of coughing, no sneezing. There we go. Um, but yeah, and then we currently are recording this during the Baltimore Ravens-Cincinnati Bengals uh, Sunday Night Football game. 10 to 7. Bengals with the ball right now. One minute left in the half. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson, touchdown interception, 10 to 17. I mean, it seems like yards. a solid game so far. I yeah. mean, hasn't been any sort of blowouts or anything, and that's bad for my fantasy team, but it's okay. Yeah, Joe Mixon really doing the job. Who do you, have, uh, yards. Who do you have, which I guess we're recording this on Sunday, but uh, today when it's out, who do you have tonight? So the it's the Chiefs Raiders, correct? Yeah. I, I can't after what I said earlier yeah. in any good conscience pick the Raiders yeah. and I and I won't and the thing is the Raiders they've had some really bad luck this year I think just some cl- mismanagement with the clock and also just some bad luck energy wise but yeah I would I would fully expect Patrick Mahomes to further make his MVP case Monday night on the grand stage and remind the world that hey. Who's number 10? Oh, yeah, Isaiah Pacheco plays for me now. Yeah. There's no number 10 that you should be thinking about other yeah. than number 15. Like, he's he's still the best quarterback in football. Without like, stop making, stop making quarterback lists if 15 from Kansas City is not number one. I'm so, I'm t- I'm so tired of it. <laughs> I'm tired of the disrespect. Who's your top three for the MVP right now? Mahomes, one. Allen, two. I have Hurts three. I yeah, probably Lamar honorable mention, but yeah, I'll go Hurts three since he's I actually have Pat one, Hurts two, Josh Allen three. Simply because I think Hurts Hurts is really the most valuable person on his own team. You can make Without that argument. A, I mean, other than Pat. You can make that argument. Yeah, I think Pat's clearly the MVP. Yeah. Um, I think the Eagles as a whole have really come into their own this year. I think the acquisition of and they Brown. Have, they have yeah, weapons and stuff now. They built up the defense a little bit. I just think I think they're both very valuable because obviously, like, Hurts, there'll be games that he leaves the Eagles in rushing just like Josh Allen does. And they both obviously throw the ball and everything. I just think Josh Allen's just been more impressive than Hurts has been this season. Like Hurts, Hurts has taken a step forward see that. than what he has last year. But I still think if you look at them side by side, I think Allen's been the more impressive player. I, it, I, in reality, it's probably more Pat one, Josh Allen two a. The point Jalen of Hurts two b. The point of this is that Patrick Mahomes is the clear number one. It's the argument of who's second, right? So far, so I mean, far. I literally. For a class project, I talked about the MVP and why yeah. Pat Mahomes deserve it. I could even throw Lamar Jackson in 2C. That's what, that's honorable mention, Lamar yeah. Jackson. So, I think those are the main guys for me. Um, um, but, yeah, uh, pretty solid NFL slate uh, this uh, Sunday. Nothing, nothing really shocking happened. I think probably the most shocking win was the Cowboys beating the Rams, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um 
by 12 points. I I, I would have if, if I if I had the Cowboys winning, uh, it would have been a, by a much closer margin. Which personally, I did not have the Cowboys winning, but that's how that goes. Um, I do want to touch on something real quick, okay? Because uh, there are playoff games happening right now. The Padres are winning 4-0 top of the eighth. Wow. It's the Mets. The Mets could potentially go out after all that hype, after all that work, just to lose out on the... Winning over 100 games. Just losing out on the two seed and potentially could be out and not even make it to the, the division round. That's, I think that's the more disappointing thing about the Mets season, especially if they lose right now. I got to give a shout out. Uh, my buddy Tyler. They had to win one game against Atlanta. He called this back in like July. Really? That the Mets were going to choke at this division. Shout out Tyler. And he predicted the Raves because he's like, the Mets always do this. I don't trust them. Even when Ozzy Albies went down and, you know, all this other stuff that happened to Atlanta slash New York. He's like, I still believe in Atlanta. Even like staring, staring in the face that New York was just right there. It's like, no, I still got Atlanta. I, I believed in Atlanta more than I did the Mets starting the season personally but that's coming from a guy who really doesn't watch much baseball and it was just more so like i i believe in them too like i had them as my i think it was top five world series contender because no one i thought was giving them credit but then i saw them as played and i was just like okay you know the mets have really put it together this year yeah and if they go down the way they're going down i mean i will i will have been completely wrong so uh uh six zero now all right. Well, um, <laughs> congrats to the Padres. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who needs uh, Fernando Tatis? Seriously. Yeah. Um, Which is crazy. It is not. It's just crazy. I mean, that's baseball. It's baseball. That's <laughs> playoff baseball. Absolutely. That is insane, man. Wanna wanna wrap it up here with this day in sports? Let's wrap it up, buddy. All right. You want me to go first? You want to go first? Go ahead. You want me to go ahead? On this day, back in 2004. 2004? Actually, long. you know what? I'll let you have that, and you'll see why in a second. Okay. On this day in 1994, New York Giants retired Lawrence Taylor's number 56 jersey, arguably the greatest defensive player in NFL history. The original LT gets his jersey retired back in 1994. Have you pulled up the link yet? I have it, but oh, here it is. 2004. I didn't have the, the whole thing pulled up. Let's see what we got here. 2004? Yep. <laughs> this day in 2004, Formula One driver Michael Schumacher, one of the greatest to ever do it, alongside Lewis Hamilton. Uh, having already clinched his seventh F1 World Drivers' Championship, the German driver won a record 13th race of the season. At the race that Colin and I were up watching at midnight last night, uh, the Japanese Grand Prix at Suzuka. Shout out Suzuka. We're we're thinking of you, Michael, and we're hoping for the best for you, Michael. For those of you who don't know Michael Schumacher, such an unfortunate situation. Retired from the sport, came back to the sport uh, for a few years, retired once again, had a tragic uh, skiing injury or snowboarding injury. It was skiing. That has left him yeah. basically, I don't know. I don't want to speculate on like what it is, but basically he's bedridden, has been bedridden since. And it's so sad to see one of the greatest of a sport having to live like that. But um, 
you know, he's living through his son, Mick, who uh, is racing right now in Formula One. But one of the greatest to ever do it. And, man, we're witnessing one of the greatest to ever do it right now, too, I think, in my opinion, with Max Verstappen. Yeah. I mean, he's going to go down in history. He's already matched. Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he's closing in on Sebastian Vettel. Two Lewis more Hamilton, titles. Yep. Senna. Prost. Like, I mean, he's before it's all said and done. But like, one more and he'll be tied with Senna. Yeah. Two more, he'll be tied with Prost and Vettel. And Vettel, yeah. He's passed some of the greats like James Hunt. Yep. Uh, he'll be tied with Nicky Lauda if he wins one more. Yeah. Nelson Piquet has a few. Uh, it's crazy. And all this is just happening so quick. I mean, he started so young. And no one will ever start as young as him again. No, ever. And he has a chance to become statistically the greatest Formula One driver ever. Yep. So, but he's already on his way. He's got back-to-back world titles. So, that's more than a lot of drivers can say at this point. Yeah. I mean, Lewis had back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back, but... (laughs) You never know with Red Bull. You never know, man. But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to Good Time Sports. This was episode number six. We thank you guys for being patient. We thank you guys for dealing with the week off that we took and for Brendan not being here this week. But we will all be back next week with a good old classic Good Time Sports episode. As always, make sure you follow us on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Make sure that you like and download our episodes on Spotify and Apple Music or wherever you are listening If you like the episode, make sure you share it with a friend. Let everybody know that we're here. If you really just need to give them an intro to the show, let them listen to me yell about Aaron Judge for 20 minutes. Whatever you need to do, let's get those listens up. Let's let's just keep having a good time. You good with that, Cullen? Always. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Today was Monday, October 10th. 10-10. Fall weather is in full swing. Today was a 10 out of 10 episode, Andrew. It was a 10 out of 10 episode. We did a great job. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again. Have a great week. We will see you next week. Nance Cullen always says, Peace. Peace.